Hey, good evening there, kiddos. Or whenever you're listening to this, it's evening for me. It's about 10 minutes till 5 p.m. on Wednesday. I'm halfway through my hitch. Woohoo! Can't wait to get home and see you guys. That's what it's all about, you know. I tell the guys up here I love them, but I'd rather, rather be at home with you, you guys. So, uh, anyways, Mr. Alex went home today, the guy with the, uh, the toller dogs, him and Miss Emily, um, the dogs that make the funny noises that we went over and hung out at their place this summer, this fall. He went home today, wished him a Merry Christmas. That's about the only guy you know. Mr. Jimmy's up right now. Uh, Mr. Andrew, Mr. Larry just got back yesterday, and yeah, you might be able to hear the loader outside moving snow. We've had a lot of wind, and it's just blown the snow up around the camp. I don't know if you can hear that or not. He's getting after it, going to work, digging us out. Uh, Anyways, I don't think you guys have much for school the rest of the week. Party tomorrow and then mommy's got in-service Friday so let's see what I can get done in this book here for you. I like this story. I I think it's pretty cool. A little different, a little different flavor than uh, wing feather or green ember but that's good. I like getting a feel for different different authors and their styles and and what they do with the characters. It's just really neat. So, chapter 13 is where we finished yesterday, and uh, Aiden had been captured and drug in front of this uh, big group of of uh, the, uh, oh my goodness, help me out here, guys, Fiji folk. And so he's still got a bag over his head, I think. He's still bound up. And there's one Fiji in particular that's getting a lot of attention right now. Tried to sneak off into the crowd, but he started uh, started stepping on people's feet and getting bounced around. And now at the very end, Jonko and Rabo dropped their fists and stared. First at one another, then at Dobro. Dobro! They both shouted. The crowd looked back at them. That's what the civilizer was saying! Jonko nearly shouted, pointing excitedly at Dobro. He was saying, Dobro, Dobro, Dobro! Oh my goodness. Okay, now the cat's out of the bag, you guys. We know Dobro has been revealed to know Aiden. Chapter 14, a verdict. You guys need to look up that word. I need to study that word out a little better too. A verdict. Before we start chapter 14, I want to read you guys a verse that I uh, heard some preaching on last night when I was watching YouTubes. Um, it is Proverbs 18 verse 21 and 22 oh mm, chap uh, sorry proverbs 18 verses 20 and 21 and then chapter or er, verse 22 is good also okay 
From the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So the pastor I was listening to last night said, you guys need to be careful with your words. He said, you can either speak life or you can speak death and even curses into people's life if you're careless with your words and if you're not focusing on lifting other people up. Death and life are in the power of the, of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So two things here, kiddos. First, I need to, I just need to apologize, and I need to confess that I have used my words to not uh, bring life when I speak, to not lift people up. Um, I've said mean things, I've, I've used words that I shouldn't, and especially when I'm frustrated or I'm trying to get things to happen right now. So I just, I, I confess that to you guys, and I, I'm telling you, I want to change. I don't want to say any more mean things. I, I guess I believe in some way, and I'm asking God to change my heart, I believe some lie that I have to speak harshly and use words that don't bring life. Um, something in me says that I, that's the only way to do it, and that's not true. And I want to, I want to change my heart and change what comes out of my mouth. So if you guys will help me, and even when I'm upset about the house being destroyed, I don't need to. I don't need to. All I need to do is is speak life and lift you guys up, and not be mean, not say harsh things. I don't want to do that anymore. So, and I'm also asking for your forgiveness. Yes, daddies can do that, but I want you to understand that I want us all to speak life and work together and build each other up. If I build you guys up, I think that's way better than saying things that are mean, that that put people down, that condemn people, that judge people. You guys, we are all still works in progress, even me right now, and you guys especially being so young. And I, I want to build you up the right way and not not the wrong way. So I want to use the power of my tongue. And that's really cool. God gives us power in our tongues. I want to use it for life. Please forgive me for not doing that as your father in the past. And please help me to do that going forward. Um, and second of all, I want you guys to think about what you say and not be uh, light with your words, not be joking around about death and injury and destruction. And, and of course, sometimes, you know, uh, jokes are jokes. I, that's, that's totally fine. I just want us to, un to, to focus on speaking life and blessing and uh, edification there's another 
Christian word you'll hear, but it just means to lift people up. Okay, so hopefully you uh, we're all going to take a step in this direction and even think about speaking life into our brothers and sisters and our kids and mommy. We're all going to speak life into each other's ears and into their lives too. And then verse 22, Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, Gideon, Garrison, and I know this works uh, for the for girls too, but the Bible always speaks in uh, male gender. That's just how God does it, and he's not excluding girls. So I'll read it this way. She who finds a husband finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So that verse assumes you find a, a good person who believes like you do and treats you well and speaks life. I don't think it's a coincidence that that uh, verse comes right after the verse about speaking life with the power of your tongue and eating the fruits of those who love speaking life. And in fact, your mommy, Mary Melissa, is very, very good at speaking life, especially in the daddy's in, in the daddy's ears, in the daddy's life. And I am very grateful to God for how mommy is able to speak life and be positive and not be mean and not put me down, but she's really, really good at lifting me up with her words. And I truly found a good thing when I found your mommy, Mary Melissa, as my wife. So I am just so thankful to God that I found a good wife who speaks life into my life with her words. Okay. Thank you, kiddos. We'll talk more about this. And I'm sure I'll hear about it the first time I slip and fall and sin and say something mean. You guys are going to be on me like a pack of, what are those little white, uh, seals or, or sea lions in the shark game. You guys are going to be all over me like the little white uh, sea lions nipping at me. Daddy, you said something mean. You said you weren't going to. And what am I going to say? Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say. Depends on. No, here. Hopefully I'm going to say, I'm sorry. You're right. I slipped and and sin with my words. Please forgive me. I'm going to speak life and not, I'm going to lift people up. That's what I'm going to say. Right? Okay. I'm glad I got you guys listening to me and making sure I don't get out of line. Okay. All right. Love you kiddos. Let's get uh, back to the bark of the bog owl. The Wilder King Trilogy, Book 1. Chapter 14 is titled, A Verdict. Someone pushed Dobro from behind. Time to get up. Okay, Chapter 14, A Verdict. 
Someone pushed Dobro from behind, and he stumbled into the open space where Jonko, Rabo, and Aiden were standing. A she-fichi was right behind him. She looked exactly like Dobro, an older female version of Dobro. She was his mother, Luku Turtlebane. Dobro! Her shrill voice silenced the noise of the crowd. Dobro Turtlebane, how come the civilizer knows your name? Dobro stood frozen, not sure what to do or say. Mrs. Turtlebane grabbed Dobro's ear and began to twist it. All right, all right, all right, Dobro squeaked, pulling loose from his mother's grip. I know this civilizer. His name's Aiden of the Tam. He paused and rubbed his sore ear. Yeah, I know him, uh, and I ain't sorry about it either. What do you mean, boy? demanded Dobro's mother. She made another grab for his ear, but he eluded her. You better explain yourself. This civilizer saved my life. A gasp went up from the crowd. Mrs. Turtlebane's hands were on her hips. Saved your life from what, boy? From a panther. He gestured toward the panther hide he wore for a cape. From this here panther. You told me you killed that panther your own self. Dobro looked down at his feet. Mama, that ain't the truest tale I ever told. He poked over I'm sorry. He looked over at Aiden as he remembered what happened. I was getting chased by this panther, and he was bearing down on me pretty good when Aiden killed him with a rock. A rock? snorted Rabbo. You can't kill a panther with a rock. Aiden can, answered Dobro, smiling toward his civilizer friend. He's got a rock slinger. He's pretty handy with it, too. Mrs. Turtlebane stared at Dobro, trying to decide how much of his story to believe. Then she stared at Aiden and back at Dobro. Finally, she took a deep breath, squared her shoulders, and raised her chin in a posture of firmness. The crowd grew perfectly quiet as Mrs. Turtlebane stalked toward Aiden. Her eyes were fierce with the mother's protective instincts. Aiden was terrified. His hands and feet were still bound so he could neither run away nor defend himself. And gagged as he was, he couldn't even beg for mercy. He steeled himself to receive whatever punishment this fierce she-fichi had in mind for the civilizer who had corrupted her son. Dobro's mother stood directly in front of Aiden, that strange light still in her eyes. Looking intently at the civilizer, she reached her right hand toward Rabbo. Give me your knife, Rabbo. Rabbo hesitated. He didn't want to see the civilizer killed without a proper trial. But Mrs. Turtlebane kept her hand outstretched. The intensity of her mother love finally bent Rabbo's will to her own, and he handed over the stone knife. Mrs. Turtlebane pointed the blade in Aiden's face, three inches from his chin. 
Aiden did his best to breathe evenly and not to whimper. He was the only civilizer these people had ever seen, and he didn't want to give the impression that civilizers were a tribe of whiners or cowards. I don't want no civilizers around my boy, she said, sneering at the prisoner. Mrs. Turtlebane made a quick upward thrust with the stone knife. Aiden closed his eyes and offered up a quick prayer, sorrowful that his life was ending so early and so suddenly. He felt no pain. But on the other hand, he didn't feel dead either. Opening one eye, he saw the vine gag laying on the ground, cut in two. Opening the other, he stared at the Shifichi sawing away at the vines that bound his hands. I don't want no civilizers around my boy, Mrs. Turtlebane repeated. Then she broke into a greenish grin. But for them who saves his life, I can make an exception. She went to work on the vines that bound his feet. When she had gotten him free, Mrs. Turtlebane fell on Aiden with a hug so fierce it nearly squeezed the breath out of him. The terrible she-feechee was now sobbing. Oh, 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 you saved my dobro. Oh, oh, oh. Bless your head and liver. Oh, 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 you rescued my sweet Maypop from that bad old panther. She planted kisses on both of Aiden's cheeks, two on his forehead and one on top of his head just to make sure. Aiden shrank from her prickly chin whiskers and her fishy breath. But he had to admit that this situation had greatly improved in a few short minutes. But Aiden's ordeal was far from over, as he realized when Chief Gurgo stepped forth again. The old Fiji chief was ready to pronounce his verdict on the prisoner. The Fiji folks only got one defense against the civilizers, and it's this. The civilizers don't believe we exist. If they did, they would civilize us right off this island. You said something there, came a voice from the crowd. Down with civilizers, shouted a second voice. Feechies forever, whooped a third. Ignoring the crowd, Gergo pressed on. That's why the Feechi Code says that no civilizer can see a Feechi and live. Dobro Turtlebane, when you showed yourself to this civilizer... You put a death sentence on his head. Aiden turned pale. Cheers rose up from some of the Feechies in the mob. Let's roast him, suggested someone in the crowd. Feed him to the fire ants, offered another. Aiden felt the breath go out of him. Mrs. Turtlebane clutched Aiden tighter in her protective arms. Dobro was sobbing now. But, said Gurgo. But, he repeated more loudly, silencing the unruly crowd. There's another law in the Fiji Code. It says that nobody who saves a Fiji's life should die 
by Afici's hand. That's one law I don't aim to break today. Aiden, you gonna live. Aiden's knees felt weak from relief. And what's more, continued the Fichi chief, as the chieftain of this band of Fichis, I declare Aiden of the Tam to be a Fichi friend. For the gumption he showed rescuing Dobro Turtlebane from a panther. Tonight, we'll have a Fiji feast to make it official. The crowd erupted in loud hoots and barks of approval. Aiden wasn't sure if they were cheering because his life had been spared, or if they were only happy at the news of a Fiji feast. Some of the Fijis hooting the loudest now were the same ones cheering when it looked as if he would have been put to death. It'd be a long time yet before Aiden really understood anything about the Fiji folk. Chapter 15 A Fishing Trip The Fiji scattered to make ready for that night's feast. Some went to collect berries and fruit, others to search for roots and grubs. Fishing parties were hastily organized and dispatched to the choicest fishing holes in the swamp. The wee Fijis dispersed to gather forest flowers with which to decorate the meeting hummock. Soon only Aiden and Dobro remained in the meeting spot. Dobro wasn't the same brash, blustering fellow Aiden had first met in the bottom pasture. Aiden could tell he was struggling for words. At last Dobro spoke. Aiden, I never meant to cause you no trouble. Aiden smiled at his Fiji friend. Maybe a little trouble is just the thing I need, Dobro, he answered. Civilizer life can get pretty boring. On the other hand, getting boiled or roasted or fed to alligators, that might be a little more trouble than anybody needs. I'm mighty glad you were here to get me out of this mess. I didn't do right, Aiden. What are you talking about? You saved my life. That may be. But my first... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me go back here. I didn't do right, Aiden. What are you talking about? You saved my life. Well, that may be, but my first thought was to run away from a whooping. What you reckon would have happened to you if I really what do you reckon would have happened to you if I really had run away? You wouldn't have really run away. How do you know that? asked Dobro. You got what it takes, Dobro, said Aiden, grinning, even if you are a Fiji. Okay, stop, pause right there. What did Aiden just do with his words to Dobro? Even in the face of Dobro's uh, weakness and, well, some people might even say worse things, Dobro almost was too weak and too, you know, didn't have enough courage to, to speak the truth about who Aiden was. He almost didn't acknowledge who he was. But what did Aiden do just now with Dobro? He didn't condemn him. He wasn't mean. And what did he just say? He said, you wouldn't have really run away. 
He encouraged him. He said, you wouldn't have done that. And then he said, you got what it takes, Dobro. He's speaking life into his, into his friend's life. He wasn't speaking death and condemnation and judgment. He said, you got what it takes, Dobro. Now, nobody knows what would have happened, but Aiden's choosing to speak life. And what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on Dobro? He didn't say, yeah, I was pretty scared you were going to be a big baby, a big lump of boo-hoo and crawl away from the crowd. I'm glad they caught you and threw you back or you probably would have run away. That's not what Aiden said. You got what it takes, Dobro, said Aiden, grinning, even if you are a Fiji. And he's not condemning him for being a Fiji. He can't help that he's a Fiji. Nobody chooses to be a Fiji or a human or Cornwaller or whatever. You got what it takes, Dobro, said Aiden, grinning, even if you are a Fiji. And, sloggy kids, I am just going to shamelessly steal Aiden's words here and tell each and every one of you, Garrison, Sonia, Chrissy, Gideon, Lily, you guys all have what it takes to do what God has in store for you to do. Period. I know you do, and Mommy and I are going to help you do that. Okay, back to the story. For the first time since Aiden had arrived at the meeting hummet, a smile covered Dobro's face. He clamped Aiden in a headlock and flipped him into a mayhaw tree. A mayhaw tree, just to show how much he appreciated his kind words. That's how they express their affection for each other. It's kind of like Daddy. Maybe Daddy's a Fiji. He clamped Aiden in a headlock and flipped him into a mayhaw tree, just to show how much he appreciated his kind words. Say, said Dobro, as he helped Aiden back down, how about we find one of them fishing parties? I believe some fishing would would do me some good. Aiden agreed, and the two boys headed for the main creek bed. The dry ground of the hummock soon ran out, and Aiden found himself slogging through the very swamp he was trying to avoid when he first fell when he first fell in with Jonko and Rabo. Soon the sound of exuberant whooping echoed through the cypress trees. Sounds like Doino and Branco, said Dobro, slowing down to listen. They must be over at Muscle Bend. And muscle as in uh, like shellfish muscles, not uh, skeletal muscles. They must be over at Muscle Bend. They're the best fishermen you ever going to meet. If there's a catfish left in that creek, Doino and Branco can find them. Dobro quickened his pace, energized by the whooping of the fishermen. Are they going to have enough poles for us? Are they going to have enough poles for us? asked Aiden. What kind of poles? Fishing poles. No, no, no. This is serious fishing. We ain't got time for fishing poles. Not when it's near about time for the feast already. Aiden's curiosity was aroused. What sort of fishing would be more serious than pole fishing? There they are, 
announced Dobro, pointing through the trees where the main channel ran. Aiden saw only one person where Dobro was pointing, a feechy youth about his, age, about his age standing in water up to his chest. Suddenly, the water beside him exploded in a huge splash, and a second person emerged, holding a big gray catfish that reached halfway to his shoulder. Doino and Branco resumed their victorious whooping. Where did that catfish come from? Aiden asked, his mouth open with wonderment. He grabbed it. He did what? He grabbled it. He, he caught it with his hands. Aiden gave Dobro a sidelong look. Dobro explained, Near about every stump, every fallen log, Every abandoned muskrat hole in this swamp got a big catfish hiding in it or under it. And that catfish believes he's the true and rightful owner of that spot. Any other fish, red belly, bluegill, pumpkin seed, pike, big mouth, bugle mouth, war mouth, garfish, jackfish, mudfish, shad, eel, anybody but a catfish, you come poking around their hole, they scoot off in a hurry. He waggled his hand to simulate a fish's hasty retreat. But not old Whiskers. He'd rather fight you. So when you wiggle your fingers in front of his face, he's sure to grab a hold of you. Then you pull him out. Only he's got to be trying to pull you in. Aiden stared in disbelief. Have you ever done it? Sure, answered Dobro, all the time. He showed Aiden his forearm, scarred from the rasping jaws of many catfish. Doesn't it hurt? asked Aiden. Dobro thought for a second. Yeah, he said with a chuckle. I reckon it does. Another loud splash drew away Aiden's attention. Branco had gone underwater. Half a minute later, he broke the water's surface again. In his right hand, he gripped not another catfish, but a cotton-mouthed snake. Its terrible white mouth was open so wide that it seemed to be folded inside out. The snake twisted and writhed, struggling to find something to sink its fangs into. Ho-wee! whooped Branko. Okay, kids, I gotta stop here for the night. Because i got to get a shower and go to work. Um, what these Fichis have been doing is called noodling. Noodling for catfish. And this is an actual thing you can do in real life. Uh, and they do it, and we can watch videos of it. Um, when I get home in a week, we can watch videos of people noodling for catfish. And you can catch some really big catfish doing exactly what um, what they described, what Dobro was talking about here, reaching down into a hole and letting the catfish bite on your arm. Then you just pull them out. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna stop here in the middle of the chapter. And it's 5.20 now. i got to get a shower, grab some dinner, and get down to the bus by about 10 till 6. 
I love you kiddos very much. We're going to start focusing on speaking more life. And mommy's already had this figured out. That's why she's got the big sign, post a board, whatever that is, on top of the fireplace there. It says, speak kind words. Yep. Mommy's already got this one figured out. But anyways, I love you guys. And I hope you get some good sleep. Can't wait to see you here in a little while. Have a good night. Bye-bye.